Well, hello, kids, and welcome to Beaver Bites. This time, we are going to try to be disciplined <laughs> and give you a quick uh, little take about uh, how it is that the campaign is going so far. Uh, we're getting close to the end of week two. Um, and uh, of course, like the previous Beaver Bites, we are doing this without a script. So this is new format for us. So let's get into it. Today, recording day is August 28th. Uh, it's been a week since uh, the last time we recorded. And uh, let's welcome our co-host, Mr. Grizzly. Hey, Mr. Hi. Beaver. How you doing? I'm I'm doing better today. I've, uh, as uh, the kids know who follow us on the blog, uh, you know, uh, we're moving into a new home. We've taken possession of a home, and uh, we're doing a couple of things like uh, painting, and we wanted to polyurethane the floors. And uh, I decided that I was taking on painting because, well, you know, uh, my condo uh, when I had it, uh, well. I when I got it, I should say, uh, I painted that. And of course it was, you know, fresh drywall and new walls, but I painted it and did a good job. So I figured I could do a good job here, but uh, prepping and stockling and everything, sanding down and painting and priming and, and new uh, old walls uh, is a little trickier and mm. it, I've bitten off a little bit more than I could chew. And there's been a couple of nights this week where I've been completely despondent, like I'm such a failure. <laughs> and, uh, but we went out to the paint store yesterday and turns out that I'm not a failure. Turns out I was doing everything right. And that I, you know, I just need to keep going and I'm on the right path. So that gave me a bit of a second wind because uh, two nights ago I was pretty much dejected and said, okay, we need to call someone and save us because essentially we've just vandalized a perfectly good house. <laughs> we spent a week vandalizing a house. That's <laughs> how I felt. Well, and, and you know what that is? That's, that goes to mental health, right? You're letting anxiety dictate your reality. Mm -hmm. And it turns out as 99.9% .9 of the time, anxiety is wrong because it lies but, to you yeah well let, let's add as a mitigating factor that i pretty much really do not have any idea what i'm doing to be totally honest you know i'm looking at youtube videos and asking friends and stuff i'm not uh i'm far from being the handiest person so yeah um i really wanted to do this because you know you get a sense of accomplishment when you're you know sitting on your sofa and canoodling with your sweetie and you know looking at your walls and you know i did this mm -hmm. so i was uh and i really wanted to do that so i was a little despondent two nights ago when i thought for sure that i needed and you know every muscle in my body was aching and sore and yelling at me that uh, you know i needed to throw in the towel and realize that i can't do this so uh yesterday i got a second wind uh, the other problem that we had is that we got sample paint colors and we put them on our walls and they looked nothing like the swatches mm -hmm. and it really looked like daisy duck basically barfed up technicolor disney <laughs> cotton candy all over the place it was, this was not going to be acceptable oh, uh and it my. took us about like 10 days to find though to pick those colors to agree uh, but yet yesterday, we you know we went to good old Sherman Williams and looked at Benjamin Moore because those colors are basically true to the palette. And it took us an hour and a half, and we picked a whole new color scheme. And so, yeah, we're re-energized. I've got a second wind. I'm ready to try again. <laughs> Finishing the job. Awesome. Well, you say when you, you're sitting on the couch and you get you look around. I did this, and like reminds me of the line from the song "Pop Life" by Blur. It gives me an enormous sense of well-being. <laughs> Yes, <laughs> it's 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 good to know that I'm not totally useless with anything with the home. Again, again <laughs> ignore the anxiety. It's a lying asshole. Sorry, mom, for saying asshole, and I did it twice. Mm. Mm -hmm. How are you doing? Um, uh, you know what? Uh, emotionally, uh, mentally, pretty good actually. Um, surprisingly good. Had a bit of a um, attitude adjustment a few weeks back, and uh, it was it was somebody pointed out to me basically, dude, stop being an a hole. I'm paraphrasing. It was much more nuanced and detailed than that, 
But effectively, that was the gist of it. And I'm like, I'm sorry, I didn't realize I was. And that's the thing about mental health. It creeps in slowly, right? And all of a sudden, you're this person that you aren't, right? Mm -hmm. You've become something that you're not. And thankfully, I have some people in my life who care about me enough to actually point it out. And, and I said, thank you for doing that. I wasn't upset. I'm like, I had no idea. I didn't realize. So I said, thank you for pointing that out to me. Um, attitude adjustment on my end. And I'll start doing sort of getting back to my daily, I don't want to say affirmations, but daily sort of reminders of when you wake up in the morning, be thankful for that. Mm-hmm. Um, and I had let that slip away for whatever reason. Um, so, sorry, getting a little emotional thinking about this. Um, so yeah, it was like, get up in the morning, be thankful for having another day on this earth because many people didn't wake up today, right? So that the number one thing, be thankful and, and grateful for all that I have. And I don't have much, but what I do have is pretty darn good, you know, and, and I'm, I'm grateful and thankful for that. And I'm thankful that I have a job that I go to that for the most part, I, I, you know, like any job you have tough days, but I'd have to say, uh, 98% of the time, it's an absolute joy to go to work week. I had a rough week. Yeah. Um, but this project that's coming to close, um, gives me an enormous sense of well-being <laughs> as it comes to a close because we can look at it and, and the team that I'm working with, and I had about 16 guys in total, 16, uh, 12, 12 guys, sorry, that I was working with, um, really gave me 110%, which is not actually possible. The most you can give is 100%, but yeah. they they really did do the extra little bit, and I, I am, I'm very thankful for them, and I let every single one of them know, guys, Thank you. Mm. We all pulled together. Everybody did their part. We worked our butts off. We got it done. Thank you. I'm very grateful for your efforts. Again, getting mm. emotional here. Um, also, you know, the allergies are kicking my butt right now, so I am <laughs> had to take an antihistamine a little earlier because I'm stuffed up. I'm sure you can hear it in my voice. My voice is a little rough. Sorry. Just wiping away the tears. Yeah. I do get emotional. Anyway. Um, we love you. Oh, thanks, man. Love you too. Anyway, let's get into it, shall we, sir? All right, let's do this. Okay. All right, kids. Well, uh, in this episode of Beaver Bites, we're going to do just a general overview of week two, um, where we think things stand, uh, and uh, like last time, uh, I'll start with you, Mr. Grizzly. Uh, just wondering what your impressions are, and uh, I'll see if they uh, match up a bit with mine. Well, um, thank you to begin with. Um, where to where to start? You know what? I'm going to start with with uh, yesterday. A um, couple of things. Uh, first off, I'm sure you're well aware that the um, uh, socially distanced gathering that. Uh, uh, Justin Trudeau had organized. Do, do we call him the prime minister right now? Uh, no, just the liberal leader. Right, the liberal leader. Okay. I, I, I want to get the terms correct, right? So uh, he had a, a rally, uh, socially distanced rally. He had circles drawn on the ground. Everybody's supposed to be masked, blah, blah, blah. But there was protesters outside and uh, outside of the rally. And they were, you know, pretty rude, vulgar, basically showing the worst parts of humanity. So they had to cancel and I saw, um, I think in that particular writing, the conservative representative said, uh, you know, uh, basically, uh, don't do that. I'm like, but you, your party has been encouraging this behavior. Mm-hmm. And he didn't apologize to the liberal leader. He just said, don't do that. I'm like, mm-hmm. you fired up these individuals to behave in this manner. You're supporting them as part of your base and doing nothing to admonish them. And why didn't you apologize to the liberal leader? That would have been the, the uh, gentlemanly, polite thing to do. Basically owning it. Yeah, you know what? We did this. I'm sorry about that. I apologize. No, that, that isn't what took place. So then the prime minister, uh, sorry, then the liberal leader um, delivered this stirring, uh, emotional, compassionate speech that very much reminded me of his father. 
Mm-hmm. You know, it was an off the cuff. There was no teleprompters. He was just speaking off the cuff. And uh, I mean, whether you liked, loved, loathed uh, the late Pierre Trudeau, you couldn't deny the fact that the man was a an intellect and b a a, a wonderful um, public speaker who could deliver a speech off the top of his head that made even the staunchest um, non-supporter believe in what he was saying because he believed in it. Canada could be, you know, Canada's a dream. Don't let the dream die. Yeah. It's a dream we'll never realize, but we can keep working towards it. And, and, and effectively, the speech that the liberal leader gave yesterday was very much similar to that, saying, as Canadians, we need to work together. We're going to be there to support you all. And he did talk about, you know, he goes, these folks are holding us back. But he didn't, he didn't um, dismiss them. He acknowledged them. But he said, you're holding your fellow Canadians back. And then when he talked about how his, you know, his seven-year-old son cannot get vaccinated, that was a passionate plea from a father, not a politician, a father. Please do what's right. Wear the mask, social distance, get vaccinated because we got to work together to get out of this situation that we're in. It, it just, you know, um, again, you know, I've, I've stated in the past and I'll, I'll state it again for those who question, I have not voted liberal in a federal election since 1993. Mm-hmm. And I've already thrown my support behind my local NDP candidate. Now, my local liberal candidate was a formal liberal MPP. Mm-hmm. And he was a good member of provincial mm-hmm. parliament. Yasser Nakfi. Okay, yes, yes. And I'm right now honestly on the fence about who I'm going to cast my vote for. Oh, okay. I mean, after the, after yesterday's speech, I, I could be voting liberal. I, I haven't decided. It will be what they call a game time decision. It will be when I'm at the ballot box and I'm looking at the ballot, do I make an X by Yasser or... or um, uh, Oh, what's oh Dana? My goodness gracious. I'm blanking out here. Angela. Thank you. I can see her face. I just couldn't pull up her name for some reason. Uh, do I do I vote for Angela or do I vote for Yasser? I mean, and literally in my writing, those are the only choices I see that are valid because I cannot vote for the the reform party. Yeah. Which is what the CPC is. I can't yes. I can't vote for them. I cannot. Their policies other than their their they've in in their their recently released um platform, is it that mm-hmm. none of which has been costed. Mm-hmm. Uh apparently the housing scheme was good. Yes. I, again, I've not had a chance to read through all the platforms fully because I've been so bloody busy as of late. But that being said, you know, I'm going to give credit where credit's due. Okay, mm-hmm. I don't like I don't like Aaron O'Toole. Uh, I don't know him as a person. I don't like him as a politician. Um, I don't think he has a backbone as a politician because he's trying to please everyone, including people that would do us harm and take rights away from you personally. Mm-hmm. Yes, right. And and I can't support somebody like that. Now, would, would his any of his policies harm me? No, no, they wouldn't. Why? I'm a cis het, fifty three year old white male. None of his policies would harm me You're directly. The but yeah, exactly. But his policies would harm friends, family members, the uh, the, the the impoverished, it, take away a woman's right to choose. His MPs, what, 61 of them voted against banning conversion therapy? But I'm sorry. Now, I cannot support a party like that. Yeah. And again, I have friends who are sitting MPs for the Conservative Party. And we shall remain friends. But I'm very vocal about how I can't support your party. That is why. Yeah. So yeah, I'll turn yeah. it over to you because we're trying to keep this short and we're already 15 minutes in. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, it's uh, interesting that you mentioned that uh, because, yeah, uh, you know, when you're talking about uh, the apology, in one way, yes, you'd think that uh, the conservative or the leaders of the conservative movement uh, would own up to the fact that they've started this, but 
that's the whole point. They've owned, they've started this. They're not gonna, you know, it was a deliberate strategy. And and if we're looking at, uh, you know, Trudeau specifically, I mean, the character assassination campaign on him started the day after he became the liberal leader and it really has nonstop. It has not stopped. It has been relentless since 2013. So, I mean, yeah, apologizing also means admitting that you've done something wrong. And while that's not a conservative strong point, right? No, no. And now it's time for a break. Hey there, Mr. Grizzly. Hey, Mr. Beaver, how you doing? I'm doing really well. Hey, uh, did you get something in the mail lately? Yes, um, Miss V Mysteries. Yeah, I did too. Awesome. Bedside reading. Yes. Um, for those who don't know, The Miss Bee Mysteries is an LGBTQ plus cozy mystery series written by Delilah Knight. Miss V is 60, trans, and classy, sassy, and a bit smart-assy. From her kitten heels to her chic bob, Miss V is a lady through and through. When her late aunt's lawyer is found murdered, bum-bum, and clutching V's favorite Chanel jacket, <gasps> she is immediately arrested. Ba-ba. Can she find the real killer before the local law puts her away for good? Will she be forced to trade 50s rock and roll for jailhouse blues? Do prisons even have a happy hour? Well, none of the ones I've been in. Wait, what? What? There's a story there. No. We'll talk about that after the ad. Miss V and the Letras Lawyer is the first book in a humorous, cozy mystery series from by Ace author Delilah Knight. On sale now wherever ebooks are sold. Paperback copies are also available, or call your local library and ask them to get it in. Signed copies available at www.corvidmoonpublishing.com. That's www.corvidmoonpublishing, all in one word, dot com. The Miss V Mysteries. You need to be reading it. That's not going to happen. Um, the, what you say about uh, the costing uh, also uh, came to mind uh, for me uh, this week uh, based on uh, Mr. O'Toole's healthcare promise. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think we may have touched upon it uh, in the last episode, but he has promised to reinvest uh, 60, I think, billion dollars over the next, I think, 10 years. Mm-hmm. He said, yeah. I'm not sure, uh, in healthcare, um, which, uh, and no strings attached, of course, um, which is <clears throat> while saying he's going to promote uh, mental health. But if you're not going to make a pot of money specifically that the provinces will access that must be spent on mental health, you can say that you want to bring mental services to a million more Canadians. But if you're giving money with no strings attached for that to happen. Yeah, that's not going to happen. And in certain provinces like Alberta, where if you give Kenny money with no strings attached, he just turns around and funnels it to an oil company. Who then packs up and leaves town. Yes. We've seen this before. Yeah. So, uh, you know, that that I have a, my, I have a hypothesis on the costing is that uh, the reason why it hasn't been done, just like the NDPs is because the costing can't be done. You can't Mm -hmm. reinvest $60 billion in healthcare and give all these boutique tax cuts that he's planning to do and, you know, balance the budget in 10 years without cutting something drastic. Well, it's some, it's a pipe dream. And in this case, it's a hash pipe dream because you got to be smoking cannabis to believe any of that is possible. <laughs> uh, on the housing. Yes. Uh, up and, uh, and I, I have to give myself a self-correction because in the last episode, I uh, thought for sure that the liberals had delivered their housing platform no. and they had made one small announcement. And I guess they were saving the big, uh, the big drop for later, mm-hmm. uh, but they have released it uh, this week. Mm-hmm. And uh, now I'm not sure which one is the best, the be- the better one, uh, because uh, the thing that was, the thing that's not so great about the NDP one is that it does nothing to reduce the actual cost of housing. It just basically gives you an extra five thousand dollars. So it's basically a de facto subsidy to landlords. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So right. he's making somebody rich, and he's not actually helping out the rest of us. Yes, and he's not lowering that. He's helping you to pay a high price better, but he's not actually lowering the price or making it more affordable. And, you know, of course, when you're working only on, you know, giving someone 
an extra bit of money, then, you know, often what happens is that, you know, well, prices go up or, you know, your maximum rent increase for the year will be applied. And mm-hmm. there goes that $5,000, especially if you're in you know Vancouver. Oh right. yeah. Yeah. Or Toronto. Uh, uh, or uh, Ottawa for that matter. Cause housing or, yeah. here has gone through the roof in the last few years. Yeah. Yeah. And then you have, um, uh, Aaron O'Toole's plan, the conservative plan, which is good because it actually does work on the supply side. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Wanted to build a million new homes. Now doesn't, not very specific about how he's going to achieve that, but that's the overall goal. Uh, but the Trudeau plan, uh, and the liberals plan is that, uh, you know, it has things like rent to own and a, uh, a home uh, mortgage savings account uh, that's tax-free. Now, how it will be different than the tax-free savings account that we already have, uh, I don't know, well, because it has to be somehow different. Do you remember uh, in under- the 70s, there was an RHOSP? Yes, back in the day, yes. Yes, uh, Registered Home Ownership Savings Plan, RHOSP. And then it was canceled because it was a big tax shelter, right? Mm-hmm. And it was canceled. Who can, was it? Joe Clark or I think Joe Clark canceled it. I don't quote me on that. I don't recall. I'm going back over 43 years. I think. Yeah. So I I, I don't recall entirely. Okay. Um. And and uh and I think he's presenting uh the part that I found interesting to me was rent to own, uh, which could be a bit of a game changer. Yes. Um, but so the thing about the liberal policy as opposed to the conservative policies, conservative policies, I'm going to work on supply side. I'm going to build a million new homes mm-hmm. uh, on the liberal side. It's like we're going to have money for retrofits. Uh, we're going to have money. We're going to just start a renter home program. We're going to start a home savings program. That's tax free. There are concrete things about how you will get you there. So it seems that there has been more thought to how we get from point A to point B right. in the liberal plan than there is in the conservative one, at least as outlined to date. So the liberals may have actually, uh, by waiting for the other two parties to put out their plan, may have uh, done well by saving theirs for last because they seem to have the most concrete particular steps. If somebody's, you know, when we get to the debate on the 8th and the 9th and they say, well, how will you do this? You know, you know we have Jagmeet Singh, you know, like we'll, we'll just do more of it better. And we have that our no tools says I'm going to build a million, but doesn't tell you how. And then we have the liberal plan that says we're going to help people afford more by doing A, B, C, and D. And they have like four concrete things. Right. Um, and to me, that signaled uh, maybe the beginning uh, of the liberals really starting to show up. Uh, yeah, because they, they were absent in the first week. It's like they didn't, it's like they called an election, well, dropped the writ and, and you know, the election's been called, but... The first week they didn't do anything. Yeah. Uh, you know, and Afghanistan probably had a lot to do with that. You know, mm-hmm. it's like, you, know, you can't have worse luck than calling an election on the day that <laughs> yeah. you find out you've got like nine days left for a rescue mission or else you're screwed. Uh, you know, and you have, you know, most of your, you're working a caretaker care government and most of the people have to take care of that. Uh, and of course, all the news daily after day is, you know, not good. Mm-hmm. Right. Well, and, and so, there's still uh, the pandemic going on, right? So, I mean, he still has to govern at the same time as trying to uh, campaign. So it's, yeah, it's a tough job. Yeah. So uh, I was uh, seeing uh, earlier this week that, uh, you know, the polls have tightened. Uh, now, whether this, again, is the normal tightening at the beginning of a campaign mm-hmm. and because, you know, it's still summer months and mostly conservatives might be paying attention because, you know, they're really interested in, you know, defeating Trudeau and, you know, liberal voters are sort of like, yeah, things are running fine. We'll just ch- tune in mm-hmm. after Labor Day. Uh, but it, it's basically now exactly a dead heat, not even just a statistical dead heat. I mean, there's even certain polls like Ecos who are not known to be more conservative biased that have, even have the conservatives with a, you know, sh- tiny lead um so yeah i'm thinking things like the housing policy and like you said the speech yesterday um 
may be the beginning of turning points for the liberals uh, in this campaign or could be the basis. Uh, and I'm, I'm glad you mentioned the speech. We'll talk about it uh, a lot more in the and the liberals specifically in the uh, in another Beaver Bites. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's about time uh, because uh, earlier, about three days ago, uh, as I was writing for the blog that, uh, you know, lest I be referred to as a nervous Nelly, I was starting to get a very bad feeling about this election because, you know, as we commented in the last one, everything's been about rare, weird, you know, we were wondering, does anybody actually want to win this thing? Mm-hmm. Uh, and so you got Aaron O'Toole as a crap candidate like this and, you know, the conservatives who basically have crap policies uh, and yet, you know, they've closed the gap at a very ridiculously quick rate, I think in about like 11 days, mm-hmm. uh, you know, they're back to like literally equal or a little bit above uh, the liberals, um, you know, and it's uh, now in one way, it's not too much to be, you know, worried about because they're, you know, conservative base is considered to be around 30 and they basically brought themselves back to their base. Mm-hmm. They were below that, but still, you know, the liberals were hanging around 40 and they've like dropped you know, back down to like sort of like 32 ish. So it's, um, you know, it's, it's a big drop and yes. it seems to be, you know, that there didn't the case for why we need an election now wasn't really made uh, because, you know, the way that comp, the comp parliament was composed, given that the liberals only needed one of the bloc or the NDP to get anything through, there really is no reason this minority parliament couldn't have lasted a full four years. Mm-hmm. No, you're, you're correct. You are correct. And, uh, you know, I, I, I know you, you see the polls and, and they can sign you, send you off into a bit of a panic tailspin. I ignore them altogether, to be honest with you, because... You know, the polls say this, the polls say that. Yeah, that's great. Um, who's being polled? What neighborhood did you go to to ask these questions? Yeah. If everybody being polled looks like me, then you're not getting a fair and balanced input from Canadian society. You're just not. Yeah. And I, I because, you know, my work at work back in the day was in like PR and, right. you know, strategic political communications, you know, polls are things that I've worked with a, a lot, right? Mm-hmm. Public mm-hmm. consultations, polls, the focus groups, that type of stuff. Uh, you know, I understand the science and the statistics behind right. it. I can assure you that it's not <laughs> all people who are in the target demo. And, you know, of course, there's, there's an interesting, uh, if people want to read it, there's an interesting uh, article in Scientific American that appeared a while ago, but it's like, you know, how does, you know, it's based on America, but, you know, how does sampling 1,400 1, people, how can it possibly represent 260 million? Mm-hmm, the, mm-hmm. So, you know, the, the don't believe the polls and all that kind of stuff is verbiage I never listened to. Mm-hmm. The polls for me, however, what I look at, it's not so much the straight number, it's the trend over right, time. Right, right. Like this, and then using poll aggregators rather than specific polling companies. Yes, I do look at individual ones, but I base, base all my analysis on the aggregator specifically. But I look at individual ones to see if they're outliers because some do have more of a conservative and more of a liberal bias mm-hmm. traditionally. Uh, Angus Reid Forum, uh, you know, generally have a very conservative bias. Ecos mm-hmm. uh, tended to tended to be favor more liberals if you look when they're outlier when they have an outlier poll, it tends to lead that way. Right. Right. Um, uh, so yeah, I look at the aggregators. I, I mean, there is a clear trend since the beginning of the election that is like clearly up, you know, by around like two to 3% for the conservatives and down about like six to seven for the liberals. Mm-hmm. Um, oddly enough, uh, Mr. Singh for all the coverage he's getting, and he's getting a lot of coverage oh as a fourth leader. He's getting coverage as if he was the prime minister. Yes basically, but not so much scrutiny until very, very, very recently. Um, you know, uh, and I, I don't under, but that gambit not, seems to not have worked to raise NDP fortunes. Uh, they're about the same spot as where they started mm-hmm. uh, the campaign, still with about 12 seats more than, you know, that, than, than they currently have, but not really moving. But uh, Mr. Singh's singular focus on defining and tearing down Mr. Trudeau specifically. Mm-hmm. I mean, he can't do anything without his name coming out of his mouth is along with uh, Aaron O'Toole's, uh, you know, campaign, because let's face it, you know, like this, he is a crap candidate and he does have crap policies, but he's mm-hmm. extremely disciplined. Yes. 
and is running a very tight campaign, not the type that we can uh, admire or be proud of. Uh, but so far, it seems to be rather effective. Uh, yes, I, I can't argue with that. Um... So, uh, you know, uh, and then uh, Mr. Singh came out this week and probably created a problem for himself in the long run, saying that while he couldn't support Shear, he does imagine a reality in which he could support O'Toole. And it's like, what do you mean, could support? I mean, you, what, you what? have been backing him for like From day one yeah. since he came since he came on. And and, uh, and could could those parties be more polar opposites of one another in their platform and the ideal ideologies? It's like, why are you supporting him? Yeah, well, it's he's 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 doing Operation Human Shield, right? Mm -hmm. He's hiding behind Aaron O'Toole, this, but he's. He's doing all the he's, he's doing the dirty work. He's doing all the character assassination. He's just disappointed me work. on so many occasions as as a politician. I, I've encountered the man a few times in town. He's he's uh, a warm individual. Uh, I I like him as a person. I really do. I think he's a genuinely good person. But he's, he's been a crap politician. Out. He's selling himself out. He is. Yeah. So, you know, I'm looking at this, of course, and I'm thinking, well, if the trend is your friend, mm -hmm. right, then the trend right now is not the liberal's friend and they need to do something. And I'm thinking, my God, creator, please, not a conservative government. Like, haven't we suffered enough already? No, we can't. We can't. Like, we can't. Like four years of Trump and then, you know, and then COVID and what, you know, it's like, yeah. So if the liberals do blow this election, do blow it, I suspect that most pundits and historians and talking heads will look back in hindsight and say that the thing that likely will have done him in is calling the election as a trifecta of bad news was happening. Mm -hmm. Afghanistan collapsing, mm -hmm. COVID rising, mm -hmm. and back to school coming, and BC burning. And the alleged crime will be labeled as tone deafness. Yes. And now it's time for a break. Kids, it's your eager beaver here. And I am just so happy that so many of us have gotten vaccinated, that we're doing what we need in order to, you know, protect ourselves from COVID, not spread it and stop it from mutating, because it's really important that we do that. 70% of us have gotten our first shot and over 56% of us have gotten our second. This is good. This is really good. Canada's really going for the gold, but about 6 million of us are still unvaccinated who are eligible and everybody in Canada who is 11 years of age and younger is still not vaccinated. So we're not done yet. Mr. Grizzly? Well, you know, science is your friend. Talk to your doctor if you have concerns. And for those who have probably read something on social media somewhere, or seen something in a video of YouTube or something of that sort, telling you that there's metal in the uh, vaccine or that it's an experiment that was rushed to market just to you know, try and handle the pandemic. I can tell you unequivocally that is not true. There's no 5G chip. There isn't, because that technology doesn't exist to insert into a human being through a vaccine, number one. There is no metal in the vaccine, number two, and it's not new. Remember SARS in Toronto about 17, 18 years ago? Almost 19 years ago now? That was a coronavirus. This is SARS-CoV-2. It's a variation of the same thing. They have been researching diligently for almost 20 years with the latest state-of-the-art technological, scientific, and medical advances. Do not worry about the vaccine from that standpoint. It is completely safe. I myself, fully vaccinated, and I'm allergic to everything there is under the sun. So if I had the uh, strength and lack of fear to get this, I was actually quite excited to get the vaccine. Please, if you are doubting yourself, just talk to your doctor. They know best. Mm -hmm. And, you know, if it's a matter of culture, talk to someone that you know and that you trust. Absolutely. And have received the vaccine. I know that there's a lot of people that are still hesitant and, and many for very valid reasons and that is okay but please 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 the delta variant is 1.8 times more communicable and especially in close settings and there are such thing as breakthrough infections mm -hmm. if you're around anyone 11 years of age or younger 
the elderly, someone who's immunocompromised, or someone who can't take the vaccine for a legitimate medical reason. Yeah, you run the risk of uh, making somebody else sick, and I know nobody wants to do that, right? Yeah, so please, 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 please do what you need to do to keep the tribe alive. Hell yeah. I got into trouble by stating this this week because as soon as I stabbed that, I got like a whole bunch of emails and like, you know, tweets and stuff like that. Stop doing that. You're playing into conservative hands, blah, blah, blah. And I know that everybody hates a Cassandra, mm-hmm. but with my background like this as a public com- communications and public relations uh, political strategist, my job is to worry. Right. My job is to look ahead and see where potential landmines may be. So when I make these predictions, when I say I'm calling it, like this, you know, I'm typically pointing out ways that politicians and parties may trip over themselves or where there may be an opportunity for them to seize. Right. Now, the reason why I say this is the images out of Afghanistan are not going to improve between now and September 20th. No, they won't. Right. We're going to hear stories about horrible, horrible things happening to women, uh, Canadians that have not been able to be rescued yet and all that kind of, all, all those kinds of things. Mm-hmm. Uh, the good if you can say that mm-hmm. thing uh was the isis k attack uh that happened because uh that removes it out of the realm of the individual political because we went you have to remember that we pulled out of afghanistan about seven years ago i think yeah well the drawdown was 2011 and by 2014 we were out completely yeah we were completely out uh so we had to send a whole bunch of military people back in. We didn't mm-hmm. have anybody on the ground. I guess so we were behind other nations in that sense, right? To, to extract people. Uh, and we've gotten out uh, close to 3,000. I think another 500 mm-hmm. went on the, U- on the US uh, flights yesterday. So we're still coordinating. There's still stuff going on. And the fact that, um, that we got people there, got a certain number of people out and ended uh, our extraction officially in that sense that mm-hmm. that phase of it before the isis k attack hit mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like, and it's not just taliban but their sworn enemies no isis right. are back into the mix that may um temper uh the blame that can go to the liberals and might actually make them somewhat look good in the long run for having gotten people out and stopped before the attack hit well, well, we told our people to remain hidden before the attack hit, not to keep on going to the airport. Right. Well, and let's let's focus on <sighs> Mr. O'Toole the other day basically saying, if I was in control, I would do something better to get them out of there and all of our people. And I'm like, dude, stop lying. But in, what? It, well, it, what are you going to do? He doesn't ever come up with an answer. He just says, I'm going to do better, which is he's parroting Andrew Shear's words, okay? I'm going to do a better job. Never tells you how he's going to do it. Number one. Number two, 2011, when the drawdown took place, 2014, when we fully pulled out of Afghanistan, they were denying interpreter refugee claimants left, right, and bloody center. And I can pull up the CBC article to highlight it. And I have for individuals who are trying to push the, the point, the finger of blame at the liberal leader saying Justin Trudeau didn't do anything to get these people out. No, that's not the case. Truth be told, historically accurate factual information dictates the conservative government did everything they could do to prevent refugee claimants from Afghanistan from coming to Canada. Why? Why? I'm not going to say the exact words that start with W and S, Mm -hmm. two words, but... Yep. Draw your own conclusion. Yep, yep, yep. And it's funny, like on that one, you know, my comment was immediately, it's like I thought of it, you know, and it's like the grandstanding, you know, it's like somebody's, it's, it's the, the balloon is being popped, mm-hmm. right? Like this, the involvement of ISIS-K pops that balloon. Yes. Because now they're saying, yeah, we would have done this, we would have done this. Okay, now that ISIS-K is involved, now what would have you done, right? Right. And it basically comes up, both the rhetoric, Sting and O'Toole, Trudeau screwed it up, we would have had a better plan. Now we won't bother to tell you what that plan would have been, right. of course, but it would have been way better than his, of course. And oh, look, my fly is down. Damn you, Trudeau. Right. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah. Uh, that that's not going to play for too long other than to the converted, right? Well, uh, to the converted, they'll believe it. But I mean, that really is playing into the narcissism that was the orange menace. Only I can fix it. Yep. And never yep. gives you a plan on how to fix it. Right, right, exactly. So the images out of Afghanistan are not going to get better. No. COVID, uh, you know, there are certain provincial premiers that are still not doing what they need to do. Mm -hmm. uh, and, and there's interesting things going on. You know, the premier of Ontario who said he would never support vaccine passport suddenly uh, is. apparently is now uh, the government of Manitoba, I think I believe is bringing back uh, full mask mandates. Mm -hmm. uh, so, you know, things are coming from areas where you did not expect. And when school go, kids go back to school in early September, uh, you know, about you know, since everything's a lagging number, about three weeks from back to school is around September 20th. Mm -hmm. And if kids are getting sick, that may be uh, an event that could either hurt the liberals and like, why did you call an election or help them in terms of driving people back into their arms because we're in a fourth wave and we know who did take care of us in right. wave one, two, and three. Uh, and we're going to see the effects of the conservative government policies that are still like in Alberta which yeah. he's still doing best summer ever, even though they're at close to 6,000 cases over the last seven days now. Um, and then the third one is because summers are lasting longer and are hotter, hotter mm -hmm. BC fires may still be burning and the liberals are taking a huge hit in BC. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Like they've gone from first to third, I think in the space of the 11 days. Um, so uh, still 25 you know, days to go, right? Or 24 yeah. days, whatever. It's a few more yeah. weeks. So as a caretaker government, it might be safe to say that the liberals, you know, have been distracted from the art of campaign over the last two weeks. Uh, and taken together, these three things can be easily spun as proof of incompetence. Mm -hmm. uh, but my assessment is that the liberals are still the only party that is somewhat tethered to reality, both in policy and in process, and the party seat that deserves to win if it was based only on merit. The question is, can this trifecta of unfortunate world events and the character assassination tag team of Atul and Singh do their worst? Will that be successful? Yeah, it's, uh, you know, I don't, I don't have an answer to that. Um, I, I shudder to think of, of what an Aaron O'Toole-led um, Reformicon government would do to uh, the citizenry especially the less fortunate members of society. Um, I, I shudder to think of what would happen. I, 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 like I, I, I am terrified of him being the prime minister. And I'm not joking when I say that. And I say that because what does the Harper government, because let's face it, he's pulling the strings. He's the puppet master. What will they do? They go after low-hanging fruit. And it's, uh, so that means if that means if it, and when I say low hanging fruit, it means if you do not have wealth, power, and position, the government will pick you off like you're in a shooting gallery. Yeah. Yeah. And the thing is, is we know about Aaron O'Toole, you know, this will bring me into, into my final thought, my assessment of the, the, the five, five or six campaigns so far is, um, the, Aaron O'Toole can say what he wants. The problem is, is that he has a party that will not follow him. Well, that's clear. So, you know, if he wins, he's going to have to then cater to his party or else, you know, they'll have a caucus vote and they'll just throw him, throw him overboard. So this moderate thing that he's doing, because while it may be selling uh, to people who don't know everything about the party and all that kind of stuff, we're just sort of tuning in casually. Um, the point is, is that as soon as he wins, he's going to have to tack mm -hmm. back all the way to the hard right to coddle those people well we're residents of ontario and we can speak from a, a place of if you vote the conservative government into power you will regret it from day one because look yeah. what happened when we voted out the liberals and voted in the conservatives by the way i i did not vote conservative in the provincial election in ontario because i knew who doug ford was yeah well i mean you know using the notwithstanding clause so yeah. i don't have to like be inconvenienced with any opposition. I mean, right off the bat. Like yeah. This. So you know, you know that's what we're going to get. So the campaign so far, uh, Maxim Bernier. Don't know what's going to him, but he's been excluded from the debate. Good. And fine with me. Uh, Aaron O'Toole, 
Trust me, I'll lead a moderate government just like Trudeau's. <laughs> Although my MPs will rarely vote with me. So, but I'll promise you everything and balance the books. Literally, that's that's the campaign. It's mm-hmm. like, you know, I will give you a tax credit for daycare. I'll invest $60 billion in health care. Uh, I'll help you buy your house. I'll, you know damn you know, well he'll get in there and say, you know what? We open up the books and we don't have the $60 billion that we wanted to promise you. It's only going to be 12 or 10 or 4 or 4.4, and then it'll go missing like in the province of Ontario. I'll walk your dog. I'll babysit. I'll change your kid's diapers. You know, he'll, he's going to promise you everything. Uh and you got Mr. Singh. Trust me, I would have done more of everything Trudeau and the Liberals did, but only faster and better. Besides, you can't trust Trudeau to do anything at all. He promises he'll do. He'll never. He never follows through. Mm-hmm. That's basically the Singh campaign till now. You got Blanchet going. Although François Legault is already the leader of a jurisdiction that can represent Quebec himself and negotiate one-on-one with the government of Canada, mm-hmm. I promise to be redundant by taking every decision made at the Assemblée Nationale and treating it as if I'm the ambassador of Quebec to Canada. You've nailed it with that one for sure. Literally, Larry's campaign. Anime Paul is still doing. Can someone, anyone, please stop this election and send us all back to Parliament now, where I have no seat, can't participate in the debates for which I'm calling Parliament to reconvene to hold, and still trying to talk about Afghanistan. She's still not running to be Prime Minister of Canada for some reason. Yeah. And then, meanwhile, while all this is going on, you have Trudeau for the last two weeks going, I'm tethered to reality, have provided relatively competent and professional government despite being saddled with both the Trump and COVID curveballs. And here's what I plan to do next. And hey, is this thing on? You who? Yeah. Canadian media. Hello. I'm over here. Ooh. Yeah. <laughs> because like they're giving the fourth leader first billing. Is he still getting first billing on some of the news reports? Yeah, I don't understand that. I don't. I don't understand it at all. So uh, it seems to me that, you know, if the liberals want to do this, they have to like really take control of the narrative. And the one thing that's, this is my final thought, is that for all the policies that Mr. O'Toole and that Mr. Singh have put out in the window, a lot of these are uh, short-term thinking. What can you do for me right now? Mm -hmm. Uh, But there's no nation building. There's no vision. There's no what. Uh, of that kind. And one of the good things, one of the things that the liberal leader is particularly good at is playing the long game. Mm-hmm. He has an Obama quality in that way. So he's laid down a marker on vaccine passports and vaccine mandates, which may come back around the 12th, 13th of the month as kids are going back to school mm-hmm. and you know, infection rates may be going up. He's laid down markers on uh, on childcare, you know, and Aaron O'Toole has laid down some markers too that will come back to haunt him in the debates. Mm-hmm. But, you know, you've got eight deals signed now. This, are we going to go back to, you know, are we going to allow the Conservatives and the NDP for the second time in 15 years to tag team to kill childcare? Well, it certainly seems like it. During a she session? Mm-hmm. Maybe not. But he's he's got some he's got some markers the nine billion dollars for uh, long term care and uh, to increase the salaries of personal support workers um, so he's got some markers that he can come back to that are not hitting hard right now but as you know if these three things uh, that I mentioned you know COVID the BC fires and Afghanistan take a, take a turn for the worst he's got some markers laid down. Mm-hmm. He can come back to and say, you know, uh, I I said this three weeks ago, four weeks ago, while they were promising to lower your cell phone bills, I was promising, you know, to make sure that you had childcare while they were promising to give you $5,000 to help you buy your house. You know, I was looking, uh, making sure that, uh, you know, Moderna will actually build an mRNA plant here in Canada. Right. He's got specific things to point to. So that's, you know, if he can, he's the one that has the set of policies that are most able to be weaved into a narrative of here's what type of Canada do you want to live in, Mm -hmm. in the future like this for the next 15, 20 years and not just for the next two. Yeah. No, agreed. Agreed. He's he's got a plan, a roadmap for the future, right? That's the opportunity. Mm -hmm. All right. So I think we were a little more disciplined this time. A little bit. We're, We're about 45 minutes in, so. Okay, we're doing better. (laughs) Uh, So, uh, any final words of wisdom? Final words of wisdom. Drink plenty of water. Get as much sleep as your body needs. Remember to breathe. Remember gratitude. And remember to vote in the upcoming election. 
Yes, yes, absolutely vote. Uh, I've already signed up with Elections Canada to do my vote by mail. Uh, so, uh, and you do have to pre-register to do that. So uh, please do. Uh, and uh, I guess with that, we'll end this episode of Beaver Bites. Uh, and uh, thank you, Kits, for listening. We hope you liked it. Uh, a big thank you to you, uh, Mr. Grizzly, for uh, taking some time this morning. You're welcome. Because I know we're, uh, we're both really busy and uh, we're able to, to fit this in and make time for it. Um, we welcome feedback in the form of compliments, bribes to be on the show, constructive criticism, gentle corrections, and happy stories of things that you will do uh, uh, to plan your vote or to bring some friends with you out mm. to vote. Uh, I think in this election, it's particularly important uh, to uh, plan your vote and uh, encourage people that you love uh, to come and participate as well. You can do all of that on our Facebook blog page or on our Twitter page at True Eager. And if you like this podcast, you can find us on Google, Spotify, Apple, and Mixcloud. So please tell your friends. And finally, if you really, really like the podcast, we work for tips. So please encourage us by uh, making a donation at our coffee page via ko-fi.com backslash eagerbeaver. That's ko-fi.com backslash eager beaver, eager beaver, all in one word and lowercase. So from the Beaver Lodge, uh, this is your eager beaver and Mr. Grizzly saying until next time, dear kids, it's a tough world out there and this is a crazy election. So uh, take time to be kind to and gentle with yourselves. And we'll talk to you real soon. Take care, kids. The True North Eager Beaver podcast is an eager beaver, Mr. Grizzly collaboration. Uh, no copy written for the Beaver Bites. Recording, production, and editing by Mr. Grizzly. Music courtesy of Ben Sound Royalty Free Music. And thank you to our sponsors, The Pepper Master, The Misfy Mysteries from Corvid Moon Publishing, and CanadianTarot.com. See you soon. Do. Did. Will, the Story of People podcast is now available on the Cryer Media Network. The first five episodes are here and feature some incredible guests that fit into one or all three of those categories. Ready? Tara Sloan from the San Jose Sharks, Undercurrent Podcast at NBC Sports. Marianne Iveson from Iveson Voice and the Let's Take This Outside podcast to talk about the world of outdoors as well as voiceover land. Ariana Hunsicker, future Canadian Paralympic swimmer, already winning tons of awards for this country. Scott McGregor from the Hot Wallet podcast to dumb down the world of crypto, Bitcoin, and NFTs so you don't have to. And Jackie Holowaty from Climate Pledge Arena in Seattle, Washington, the first net zero carbon certified arena on the planet. Wherever you get your pods, wherever you watch your pods, and on the Cryer Media Network.